I'm going to hit record now. Right. Listen, um, I've first of all, I'm going to do a a little. Uh, what do they call that thing where you you see something then you say the word that that makes you think about it? What's oh. you you see a picture or an image of something? Yeah. And then you go, what does that? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Right. So it's a bit mm, word association. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yes. But the, right. Okay. So I'm going to show you something. Yeah. And you, and you've got to tell me. <laughs> I've fallen for that sort of trick before. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it wasn't that. Um, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something. That's it. I'm gonna say something. Right. And you tell you tell me what, the image that you have in your head. Okay. Right? Okay. So. Uh, school pencil. Describe it. Right. Well, I remember um, being. Um, they were sort of a dark, dark red, sort of mauve sort of colour, and uh, they had two white panels on it, so that you could write your name uh, on those and probably your class, uh, in case any interclass thievery took place. I guess. Oh really? It wasn't that then. No, 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 no. So what I'm showing to Rob, by the way, is a a Stadler pencil, which is the, for me, the classic (laughs) yellow and black striped um, kind of fashion thing with a a red thing at the end, a bulbous end, that I believe was meant to look like a rubber, but isn't a rubber. I don't know. Maybe it's just where they kind of sealed the lead in at the end but that's yeah. that's what i i thought you were going to say that but what you you're talking about the pencil you, you would shave your um uh, you would shave part of the wood off and put your name in it oh yeah well so that, that's, that's what, not what uh that's not what uh what it was like i mean obviously this would be what 15 years before uh, before you before yeah, your school still day. i still i thought this was classic school pencil all right well that's fucked up <laughs> right brilliant <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to do any of the other Darren Brown trickery on you. Because, uh, it's, it'd be fucking useless, right? How are you, Rob? I'm I'm all right. I'm uh, I'm not doing bad at all. I'm, as as we look, I'm actually uh, as we talk, I'm looking through for um, school pencils from the 1970s, but uh, not coming up with anything. I've got uh, garbage patch kids and stuff like that. And, and are they all coming up with the yellow, uh, black. Yeah, no, no, that, that okay, sort of right, fine, much, fine, much later. Fine. You're not, gonna, you're not going to catch me with this yellow strap black pencil. <laughs> I think the listeners would know what I mean. They have got a lot of those uh, overhead projectors on, uh, you know, like oh, OHPs. Yeah. yeah, but I had, I had a little thing, um, and oh really? Oh, <laughs> I got some cream for it, and it sort of, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a, it was like a projector, but you put it on a picture, and uh, then by magic of mirrors and lights it um, portrayed it onto your wall the the picture and the idea being that you could then draw round and, oh. and, pro- and project it pro- do a perfect picture yeah i've got a f- yes i think i know what you mean by that um it, you would it, it would be like a light box sort yeah of yeah yeah but i i mean i'm not artistic at all but i did three like big pictures of uh, of the three clash members doing it but they all look like they were melting a bit because i think <laughs> i think i think it shifts with time i tell you the other thing that looked like that that i always found to be shit those they were like uh, it would be like um you put a pencil in one end 
and you have a pointer on the other and then you have like a collapsible um, bit that you can pull out it's sort of like a lattice, wheel, a lattice work right and the same thing you were supposed to be able to copy stuff with it you only ever got them at Christmas you could get them in, c- in black plastic or in, or in metal I've got a feeling I have no idea what you mean <laughs> and actually well, no, they were it's not a feeling <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you mean. Um, lattice work, spirals, I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, what I'm going to say is, um, and this is for the benefit of the listener as well, is that it is, we're in the hot, we're in the heat of a, we're in the heat, aren't we? We're, it's in, the midst, hot. we're in the midst of a heat wave, that's what we are. Yes, and it's hotter than Ibiza, according to the weatherman. And now... The reason I bring this up is because we're stuck in our uh, cubby holes, our offices, doing this. When we recorded this, this bit, we're in this, we're in the middle of this, this heat wave, and I, because we're in these, we're, we're in our offices, our art, we're, we're trapped we? away, suffering for our. I've got an idea. Why don't we, when this, when we finish recording, just go to Bournemouth? Bring 70,000 of our favourite friends and go to a beach in Bournemouth and ignore social distancing. Is that maybe actually when this podcast comes out, uh, that story will have subsided and we'll be fully into the second wave of the pandemic? Um, I, I'm well, just guessing. Maybe, you know, you can, you can mix with one of the households. Maybe they've got like two households with 35,000 people in each and then they're going to be all right, aren't they? They've all go down no, the beach I've se- no, I've seen the pictures from Bournemouth Beach yesterday. And it is fucking incredible. It's like the stupidity of people. The stupidity. I understand that some people don't have a garden, but the next option isn't, well, I'll go Bournemouth Beach then. It isn't, that isn't the, there isn't two options. Why would you not turn around and go home when you got there and you saw that? I know. You think, oh, I could probably get in that three feet there then. (laughs) That's that's precisely what I mean. It's like, there isn't just like, it's this. Or it's go to the beach. There isn't those two options. Yeah. You and and also I sort of I fundamentally disagree. I just think oh, I probably shouldn't because if everybody did it, then we're go- and that's what's happened at Bournemouth anyway. So the uh, that was my satire for the morning, Rob. Um, <laughs> it probably it probably worked better than the pencil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is no satire behind. But I, I doubt Charlie Brooker's next bit will be on the 1980s pencil, uh, generic pencil. Yeah. Anyway, well, talking about nostalgia, we had uh, we watched a show earlier, didn't we? Uh, in yeah. isolation from each other, we we watched a show. We, this is something that we've been doing for a while now. Uh, I don't know if our listeners have been aware of this. They that we watch an episode of this, the Tales of the Unexpected, and then after we've watched that, we get together and we chat about what we've just seen. Um, I mean, so that sounds like a novel thing, but we've been doing it for a while. And this is how one long, of those how long times we've been where doing we've... it for years, haven't we? Three years. Well, how many? Ha- right, have a look. We we started on or around Christmas time of of a year of a year. Right, and, and then we and it's now 
So <laughs> there's some maths. There's some maths to do there. I'm it, pretty sure. It's sixty. We've done sixty-one episodes anyway. So sixty-one we've been, years we've been doing this. 60, <laughs> so we. So this is sixty-one. The sixty-one episode. I mean, that's it? not English. Sixty-first episode, and then we've also done some specials. So we haven't done many specials. We've done a couple of. We've done a two-parter or two. So yeah, we've done some on inside number nine, didn't we? We did a Halloween yeah. special. Let's say that we must be up to at least sixty-five, maybe even approaching seventy episodes of this podcast. Yeah, which is which is quite impressive, actually. I never thought I'd stick around something like that for it's so just long. But surprising we... that we're not getting any better, isn't it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Let's see if this improves things because we have looked at one today. Oh, oh. What's now? I've forgotten What's what the episode title is. It's called Death Canad. Death Canad? <laughs> Death can add, it's called. Which, Three words. <laughs> Three which, words. Which with... don't really make a sentence or anything yeah. recognisable. <laughs> what, what, I mean, what would you say instead of that? Death adds? I mean, that implies that death is a person. <laughs> death has numerical skills. Yeah, <laughs> but, but only in addition. Ask him a long division. Absolutely fucked. Death struggles with <laughs> subtraction. That would. That's the next episode, of course. Right. Uh, let's do our intro music, and then we'll talk about what we found out in this episode. Right, now, I tell you what, there's a, a name from the past. We mentioned her in the last episode, and that is the name of Jan Francis. Jan Francis, yeah. Uh, her name comes up, and I was like, immediately enveloped in nostalgia, because I remember vividly watching that one with Paul Nichol- Nicholas. Nichols? Nicholas? Nichols. Nichols? It's one of them, isn't it? It's Phantom at Opera, anyway. And, um, was he him, Phantom, was he? I know Michael... Michael... Tram- uh, <laughs> Michael Trampoline was. <laughs> yeah, Michael Trampoline was. And that, Michael Crawford. Michael now, Crawford, I've got yeah. that wrong, haven't I? Yeah. Yeah, have you? Jan Francis. Jan, it was it. Mike, Paul Nicholas. It's not Jack Nicholas because he's a golfer. It's Paul Nichols or Nicholas. When you say that you can, was... um, you can remember it very well, it's not seeming... <laughs> <laughs> but it was about, it was called Just Good Friends, right? And I think there was even a special when it was like just a bit more than Good Friends, maybe. But uh, like the Christmas episode in Paris, will they or won't they? It was the proper will they or won't they? It was like Ross and Rachel from Friends But Better. And um, well, they it had. Well, um, like that for me back then. I mean, it was a long time ago, was it? Like in, uh, yeah. came in 2004 or something like that. So 16 years no. ago. Yeah. So just Good says Friends. It. Uh, no, it's not 2004. It was in the 80s. Yeah, you're right. That's when it. That's <laughs> that's when it was became 43rd in Britain's best sitcom. That's that's what it was. It was from 1983 <laughs> so to 1984. In 2004, somebody said something, and it made the internet. Yes, that's right. So it was in the 80s. I remember. I remember really well that it was a, just a they they there was a will they or won't they? and you were rooting for them. 
all the way through. I thought it was fantastic, but um, actually, as I say, this there was... reminds me a bit of a conversation we had about Duty Free last week, because it was the same sort of thing there, wasn't it? Yes, it's classic stuff, and there is also in this uh, last week when we, or last episode when we recorded, he wasn't dead. No, but now he is dead, and that is the Hobbit himself, Ian Holm. Yeah, and. I, yeah. I wrongly denounced him as non-hobbitry, didn't I, at first? I think that's because you were thinking of uh, The Hobbit as opposed to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 wrong, the wrong trilogy. So, yeah, so Ian Holm, who played Bilbo in the uh, original Hobbit thing, uh, that was, um, yeah, he was okay when we last spoke and then we mentioned his name. And we this has happened before. We've mentioned somebody's name and they died. <laughs> And and I'm gonna just gonna try it again, okay, just in case, Donald right. Trump. <laughs> right, just just in case. Yeah, uh, well, I, I've been talking to her because she's one of those people who believes that you you can sort of cause somebody's death by like saying, "I swear on X person's life that this mm, is true." Now, yes. I, I don't personally believe that. But if no. it was true, it would be a good way to get rid of your enemies. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do link Trump to an awful lot of things that I then don't do. Just in, yeah, just, just in case there is an element <laughs> of truth. Yeah, you're right. And and there's a thing there's a thing that people do. And we've mentioned this in the courts where people have to swear on a something. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I promise to tell the truth. And when you find out that they weren't telling the truth or, or like the jury goes, well, you know, they obviously weren't telling the truth. There's no, at no point do they go, but I, but I swore. I, <laughs> I said that true. I was going to tell. So it's got to be true. So what? So if that's not, if that doesn't mean anything, or or at least contribute to the to the fact, then it's then it's not necessary. Then my but there's a, the other thing that people do is they go, I swear. They first of all they swear down. <laughs> uh, they swear on people's lives and then they swear on graves and we, we surely mentioned this maybe just us two or on the podcast but it seems like the, the safest way to swear on something if if you aren't telling the truth is on a grave is there any specification that they give as to what will happen to the grave if they're not <laughs> well i don't think it really matters i've taken a walk in a graveyard and some of the gravestones are in an awful state and i'm thinking maybe oh. that's one of the graves that's been sworn on <laughs> Uh, but in Whitby, of course, there is the grave of the pirate, which I don't know if you've ever seen. Next time you're allowed to come out the house, Rob. Yeah. It sounds like I've put you in a box somewhere. <laughs> but next time, I'll take you up to Whitby and I'll show you the pirate's grave. It's quite spectacular. Oh, right. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a really, really lovely little... Ma- when you see it... Well, yeah, when you see it, you go, oh, right, that's a bit more impressive than I thought it was going to be. I know they've got like the whale tusks or something, haven't they? I don't know whether the yeah, whales so, have tusks. I don't know. Well, they don't, do they? But jawbones, yeah, I, I think, what is it? Jawbone? Yeah, I think it's jawbones. But yeah, they've got them. And on the other cliff, where the abbey is, you have the graveyard. Yeah. And as I say, there's a pirate grave. Right. And it, what saw, on earth are we a, doing here? Like it... I saw a bad metro story that I won't tell you about this week, which was whale related. But I've, I've no, mentioned, let's not. Mentioned before. <laughs> let's not worry about animal... Animals being in jeopardy is not, I'm not a fan of at all. Okay. Uh, I mean, only I would be entertain this is if the whale ended up on Bournemouth Beach and swished its tail around, taking out 
several members of the idiotic public oh, will you, I be happy that this... I think you'd be disappointed on at least two fronts then with this one. Right, so. wonderful. Okay, so let's leave that story as it is. The Metro is full of this disgrace. It's unbelievable. This it is... is. I really like it because you get a condensed version as you read an article. So if I can't be bothered reading a lot of stuff, I just go to the Metro. But... As you, as you scroll down, and I think we have mentioned this before, as you go down to like two, three, four, you then get some horrific animal story. <laughs> and, and I'm not interested, unless it, I don't read the newspapers anyway. Uh, I mean, the, the, I could, I could, I could sort of get away with going, oh, what's the latest on this? Right, yeah. I'm all right. But when you just go, why don't we take you out of your comfort zone into this world of animal cruelty? And I was like, I no, I'm not interested. But um, I tell you that though, I do, yeah. as you know, I read the Guardian quite a lot. Yes. And uh, this week's uh, interesting article is that uh, a man in Vienna has been fined five hundred pounds for farting loudly in front of the police. In a move the Australian, in the Austrian capital's police force was at pains to defend. Uh, City police wrote on Twitter, of course no one is reported for accidentally letting one go. But the man had got up from a park bench, looked at officers and let go a massive intestinal wind, apparently with full intent. (laughs) Oh my God, have I heard this before? I don't know if I've heard this before, but I've... Uh, this feels so familiar and here's here's something i've <laughs> i think this was there was a woman in florida <laughs> who um i mean i wasn't there i'd read this as one of those florida stories yeah. but there was a woman who'd um <laughs> she was in a queue for something and the fella in front of her farted loudly and she then threatened him with a knife <laughs> right she was arrested for that and carrying a knife but the way it was described i think in the report was an intestinal like gust or something (laughs) (laughs) which um well that's what they call it a massive intestinal wind apparently with full intent and i what interests me about it is intent to what you know what (laughs) apparently he's got it he's got So is just the mere intention of farting enough to get you prosecuted? Whereas if it slips yes. out accidentally, you're going to be all right. Ah, oh, that's it. It was accidental, officer. <laughs> oh, God, you for it then. That's fine. On your way. On your way. <laughs> do you swear? Listen, do you swear? <laughs> Full circle. Okay, so we've got Jan Francis uh, and The Hobbit. Yeah. And then another man. Right. Well, actually, there's more than this, okay? But there's another man called Oliver in this who yeah. I didn't quite catch his name. He's called his uh, Ma- Michael N. Harbour, I think. It is. Is he got a, it is his N like Michael J. Fox? Michael N. Harbour. Yeah, but it's an N. Cecil B. DeMilne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's called, and I'm just, just checking as we're talking, yeah, he's called uh, Michael N. Harbour, yeah. And he's, right. like, he's like the main guy in this show, isn't he? But I'm, yes, I've never seen right. him before or since. No, so actually, well, it starts off right. First of all, it it's got a it looks it looks like it was filmed on proper film as yeah, well. Not, it, yeah, definitely. Not uh, Nor- It's not Norwich this one because it's it's in London, and that's important because it is city based, right? It's yeah. the this city, as in the the financial city based. Yeah, well, story. I, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, it does definitely give that uh, illusion that uh, it is uh, filmed in London. 
because there's a lot of exteriors of London in it, aren't yes, there? Yes, a, a cityscape, isn't there? And yeah. St Paul's Cathedral are recognised as yeah. being one of those things. But, in fact, uh, according to IMDb, it was filmed in Ipswich. So they, oh. they, they just got they just got out with the camera, done a quick view of, uh, of the uh, London <laughs> skyline, and then back to Ipswich with it, and said, "Right, it's a yeah. bit cheaper here. Let's carry on." Well, to be absolutely honest, the uh, you, there is some on location bits, but it just needed an office, really, didn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Well, it starts off with this city scene, and then, uh, as I say, it's done like with proper film, and it has like. Um, an air of sort of New York cop drama, Cagney and Lacey maybe, uh, but it, but it's London and shit shit music. Not, <laughs> it not, isn't not it? Eighties sax. Yeah, no, my my uh, note here is V poor music. I can't remember exactly yeah. what it was. Was it was it Plinky? Was it? Plinky? I wrote Plinky. Yeah, Plink Plink. I may I don't know. I mean, I can't remember it, so I, I wrote Plinky shit Plinky music. Oh right, right, you got Plinky, right? Yeah, well, so. Uh, and then we're in the interior of an office, and now yeah, I, now the, I, the building has got a kind of curve to it, right? Yeah, lovely. It's a nice curved building. It's it's quite a posh sort of office, isn't it? That have you believe that they're mm. doing this in? And yeah. uh, there's a guy there now. I thought right at the beginning he looked like Robert Powell, and yes, uh, and he, he is in fact Oliver Platt. But I uh, I sort of thought of him as Robert Powell, and throughout my notes. As I often do, I've referred to him by a name other than his real one. So if I say Robert Powell, I mean him. It's the guy played by Michael N. Harbour, and he's called yeah. Oliver Platt. You've given us three names there, Rob, uh, and so you've got the choice. You choose. Well, um, I'll probably dip through between one of the one of the others, but just, just bear with me on that. But he's that's ma- fine. He's making a pitch, isn't he, to this uh, older guy? Yeah. So here's the thing. Right, we're in this office and we're walking through the office and he's obviously really good mates with this old... There's, a, there's an old guy that he's talking with. The old guy is quite jowly and he looks like he's from the old school banking sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that sort of thing. He old. He's always been in it and he, he, he looks like a sir. Um, I don't know if his name was he was given a sir or something, yeah. but it, I, think his, I think his surname is Matthews. Well, he looks as though he might be like in, uh, in like a Scrooge sort of thing, doesn't he? Yes, uh, now, brown suit. Ah, hang on. I wrote, because I didn't know Oliver's name at this stage, I referred to him as brown suit uh, <laughs> in this scene. So brown suit, and I've put here, is talking numbers. And I will be honest with you, no no idea what was going on here. So, no, Rob, you, no. you often pay attention to dialogue. Yeah, well, I tried, but uh, it was really boring, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. I've, so, I've, in my previous invest, um, career, I've been involved... Uh, with cases dealing with like accounting and f- forensic accountants, and I've had to follow a lot of boring shit. But I couldn't, I, co- <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't get interested in all this talk. But what they seemed to be basically saying was, uh, Brown Suit Powell was wanting shares in the company, and the old uh, was saying, "No, you can't have that. You can have other incentives." But you can't have any shares. That, that that was what it amounted to. But God, they went round yeah. the bushes with it, didn't they? Round the bushes. So it, t- 
<laughs> not as bad as going around the house, is it? Depending on the size. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I came up with. Was that it was a it was some discussion about him wanting to buy shares, and the guy who clearly owns the company said, "That's not what we do." Yeah. So now. So he says he's going to resign then, doesn't he, Robert Powell? Exactly. He goes, all right, okay, well, in which case I'm resigning. And the other side goes, no, that's not what's obviously going to happen. He says, my my father died, he committed suicide, and that and that's clear, he doesn't say this, but that's what's motivating him to to strive ah, yes. to do better in a, in a business, to be part of something bigger, right? Yeah. Which I think is quite interesting, actually. Um, well, and it, then... do, you, do you think it's a bit sort of, what do they call it when nowadays, where you're, like, uh, saying something manipulative, but uh, it's yeah. uh, it's in a negative sort of way? Uh, yeah. What's uh, that called? And, yeah, I know what you mean. It's, uh, well, there's a bit of an emotional blackmail there. There is as well, a bit, yeah. There's, there's, there's it might, something, it but, might come yeah. to us, that phrase, anyway. But whatever that is, it's quite an interesting way of saying it because if it is genuine, his dad died, uh, co- committed suicide because he didn't feel like he was part of something. This guy therefore wants to be part of something. Now, if that is the case, and he's saying I'm going to resign, then he's going to have to do the same somewhere else. Passive aggressive. And that's the first thing I thought was like, well, he's going to have to do. It's just he's just going to have to choose a job. What? Passive aggressive, that's what it's called. Thank you. Brilliant, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you think he's just gonna like go through career after career asking for shares and having to leave as soon as they say no. Yeah. Assumption is that you have to get your name out there and be quite successful before you're even considered for that. So this does th- I mean maybe the eighties was like this, but anyway, he proposes the idea, the guy says it's not what we do, and he's just pissed off a bit, so he s- s- kind of storms off. And don't storm off. It rides down the escalator. Yeah. Although the old fella said uh, it's a family firm, it's it's huge, this place, isn't it? I mean, there's like loads of stock footage of people looking at computer screens that are three feet deep and stuff like that. And, uh, uh, and then he goes to what's presumably his office, which is actually just a desk by some pin boards. There's no, there's no grandeur to his office. Uh, and he rings presumably his... A recruitment agency man, and he says he's looking for another job. He wants to join an old-fashioned company. That's what he's asking for, isn't it? Like, yeah. he's a, I want to join an old-fashioned company. The next scene is him at his home, and um, oh, I found the company I want to work for. <laughs> and he rings, he rings his mate. Yeah, just get me in that one. What? <laughs> How does this work? Well, at this yeah, point, I'll just work there if that's. <laughs> At this point, I thought, oh, his, his head looks a bit too wide to be Jesus, so I wasn't so sure about <laughs> Robert Powell anymore. But, but yeah, that's what he's done. He's, he's got a long list, he's crossed some out, hasn't he? But he's looking for ones, presumably, that's got old folks in it who are about to sort of retire so that he can take yeah. over the business. But it doesn't usually run that smoothly, does it? I don't think. Yeah, well, I don't think. And uh, But there must be an element of, of it in here because... It was on TV. Uh, <laughs> anyway, and um, they wouldn't have gone, or maybe in 40 years' time, uh, two guys will find out that this wasn't a thing. <laughs> I don't know. Well, anyway, he's just decided, I'll just work here. And um, he's we, we see his list of 
uh, options and where he wants, and it's his handwriting. Now, I never realised at this stage, uh, and I've just said it out loud now, and I was like, ah, oh, his handwriting comes into play in a bit, yeah, or a bit later on, yeah. And this is the point where we see his handwriting for the first time. And my my comment was, it's lovely handwriting. It's really really nice. But it's it's I say it's quite distinctive. It's not. It's just more. It's really legible, really pretty, yeah, and 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 satisfying. So it's, a, in, it's like <laughs> cursive script or something like that, isn't it? I don't know if it is actually cursive script, but that it sounds looks like, quite nice, doesn't it? You know. Yeah, I'd have that. It, it, if you were to copy that and put it on a font, yeah, I'd be happy with that. I'd use that. Copper no plates. It could be. Could you call it copper plate? I would say no. I would say. Uh, Oliver script, right now, <clears throat> he's found himself a nice old-fashioned company, and to illustrate that, is the building is quite old-fashioned as well. It's made out of wood. <laughs> well, the building might not be, but there's a lot of wood inside, so it's all mahogany doors and yeah. big, big picture rail things, and you know, it's like that sort of thing. Whereas the the previous building was all high tech, glass and, bend, <clears throat> and bendy, wasn't it? Yeah, bendy, curved glass. I mean, mm. this is the sort of office that they usually have in uh, Tales of the Unexpected, isn't it? It is these, these wood yeah. panelled ones. This is what you normally this... expect, and this is probably because this is the probably the Ipswich bit. Yeah, uh, well, it is, isn't it? We, yeah, it's got to be. So um, he's talking with the guys. He's got himself an interview, and it looks like he's already been through the interview because the guy says, "Yeah, you'll you'd be a good asset." Um, and it looks like it. Well, cut to the chase here. They're going to hire him, right? Yeah, they're impressed with him. So they do, and then we look at the calendar, which is again an ancient. Oh wait, ancient wait, wooden hang on. Bear. Just back up a second. Wait, do we look at? I think we'll look at calendar in a bit. But oh. What I'll say is that yeah, they so they they hire him, okay, and he says, "You'll be working closely with Mister Keys," and it, it closes up on Mister Keys, and I like that Mister. You're not Dave, Jeff, Steve. It's Mister Keys, and I like that as if but... he was a Bond villain. <laughs> say hello to Mister Keys over here. This guy, the main guy, was like the the boss. But like Mr. Keys was the odd job style. His henchman. His henchman, yeah, yeah. Ch- chief henchman, who who stays alive until the very end, and then while all it. the other ones. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 only if your main Bond man, Bond villain, is old, because it'd look bad if James Bond was beating up an old fella, wouldn't it? So if he's old, then you are fighting his henchman to the death. If he's that's young, right. If In he's fact, young, you fight him to the death. The new Bond villain who. Uh, name escapes me now, but um, it doesn't look like he could fight. So I imagine in the new Bond film, there's going to be a lot of henchmen fighting. Yeah, in that rather that than main guy. Because Sean didn't Sean Bean wasn't he a main James Bond? He, he played 006 well, or something. You know? Yeah, that's right. He turned, didn't he? Yeah, but, and they they were fighting all over the place, weren't they? Yeah, he had a good old battle that one. Goldeneye that one. Um, so, um, right now then. They, this is an interesting bit. It goes, right, go on, Mr. Keys. You take him round the office and give him a bit of a tour and then come back and I'll meet you for lunch. Then it closes in on the calendar, which shows Monday the 9th of February. And then that's when the break happens, by the way. Oh, is it? Right. It, yeah. And it comes back and it is, is... Is it where the break happens? I don't know if it is. Oh, no, it's not. Okay. And then it, com- and then it closes in. 
like later in time on Monday the 6th of April and my funny com- comedy brain went that was a long tour <laughs> of the bu- building but it's not that it's uh, the fact that it's later on down the line and is already settled in he's already got he is, un- but isn't, into, he, isn't into he getting a bit of a bollocking from Mr Keys at this point He's presented him with something that he does not, that Mr. Keyes does not like the ideas of. It's it's like, it, it was, do you, do you remember in The Apprentice, they have the interviews yeah, around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that, it was kind of, this is full of nonsense, it's drivel, I will never show, I would never put this in front of Mr. whatever his, Matthew, I can't remember his name, but I'd never put it in front of him, it's ridiculous. There's no, it's all ludic, it's all there's nothing based on anything there. I mean, so if you were appalling. if you were gonna go in the apprentice though, would you put any bullshit in your C V or would you think actually they're gonna pick through this and I'm gonna look like a right cock, so I won't do it. Yeah. Two reasons here. One is that if they're gonna hire you, <clears throat> it's gonna be based on stuff that you can prove to be fact. Yeah. Right. And so it just helps your case, right? Two. It's on the fucking television. <laughs> and if you are seen to be lying or manipulating the truth, I wouldn't even say embellishing because I think we can all embellish and that's fine. It's, you know, there are some words, but manipulating the truth. Yeah. Nah, Pointless, that's wrong. Fud- fudging information is not on uh, and ridiculous. And But that doesn't look to be what's happened here. It just looks like the guy, Mr. Keys, just does not like this idea whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. So, Oliver... That's a great idea, and I really actually quite like this idea. He goes out of this bad meeting, and he sees Jan Francis. We see her for the first time. And we establish, this is her, she's filling in for Miss Barbara Dixon. Uh, it's not Miss Barbara Dixon, it's Miss Dixon. Right. When I wrote it down, I was did my Ronnie Corbett. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Barbara Dixon. And um, it's, uh, so she's filling in, and he, he thinks quick. Wait there. What I'll do is, I can just say anything I want here, and it looks like it's true. So he says, could you, I've been told to put this proposal on in front of Mr. So-and-so's desk. Could you mark, put it in an envelope, mark confidential for his eyes only. And that way... He circumvents he keys, doesn't he? Yeah, and I thought that was super clever. Because it's almost like an entre- entrepreneurial attitude to getting ahead. Yeah. There's not, nothing cheaty about it. I liked it. I'm not sure there's nothing cheaty about it because, I mean, he's he's lying like a bandit to the secretary, isn't he? And putting yeah, her in a potentially difficult position if Keyes finds I, out. I don't know. I think you could probably say I was... I just had to do something to get in front of the boss. Well, it turns out he, it's a good job yeah. he did, doesn't it? Because the boss really likes it. Yeah, the next scene here is he's read it and he's like, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with this. Um, let's see how we can go about it. In the meantime, Keys is in background livid, <laughs> as, as you would be if you were Keys, Mr. Keys. This is what I put. I, I don't understand anything that's been said about what this proposal is. No. I don't even know. I don't even know if that was discussed. Uh, Couldn't tell you. All I knew is that they discussed Switzerland. They and, it, <laughs> yeah. and they said it was about investments offshore, and said Switzerland. And I was thinking Switzerland doesn't have a coastline, but maybe offshore has its own meaning. Mm, well, so I think it means um, so that offshore 
bank account. Yeah. So but like I've heard Swiss about bank those account in, in the Bahamas and stuff like that. The Bahamas, the Cayman Islands, and so Swiss bank account is a Swiss, is a Swiss bank account, isn't it? It's, <laughs> as far as I know. But now I'm thinking about it. You know, if, even if you're investing on an island like the Bahamas, it's still not what you could really call geographically offshore because you're on the island, aren't you? You'd have to be out at sea. <laughs> to sea. In order. Yeah. <laughs> this just shows my ignorance of the whole process. But there you go. It's like one of those things, you know, like if people are giving you directions, you can sort of follow the first two or three, but then you, your mind just glazes over, doesn't it? You know, gone, and then I'm lost, and then I can't remember the first. I can't. I can remember the first one. They said right. They said go right. Yeah. Now what do we do? But after that, yeah. Um, so it's like that. It's like getting directions from a stranger watching this uh, part of the episode. Yeah. So what what I think is happening here is is that they're going to invest in some. Uh, in some businesses, some startups, it just so happens that those startups will be using a Switzerland bank account, and that is where that they're proposing the money that they're going to invest goes to, uh-huh. and that's it. So the guy says, "Right, okay, let's let's keep it. Let's. Okay, I like the idea, but we need to do a little bit of a test first. And we try it out, um." And that's it. That's the next we know of it. So the next thing is it's fast, almost fast forward in time at some point. And is it? Have I got this right? Keys is out. Yeah, that's right. And and Oliver's in because they're putting Oliver's name on the door, aren't they? There's uh, it's, it's a been, new door plaque. It's been prized out, so I don't know what's happened to Keys. No wonder he looked pissed off. But it's a bit extreme if they've sacked him for that, isn't it? For that, just because a guy has an idea. Well, I can only imagine then that the money that they're sending to this bank account, uh, sorry, the money they're sending to these businesses is um, is is doing them quite well, and they that whatever returns they're getting is is showing up in the bank accounts uh, somehow. And J- Jan Francis is his secretary now. He's uh, Robert Powell's secretary. She's official. And uh... Jan is back. I've put here. Jan is back. And, and then uh, he's... Oh, go on, sorry. Oh, I was going to say he asked her out for dinner, didn't he? In a very 80s uh, chat-up. Go on, what, what does he say? Well, it was more the male chauvinist way of saying... Because he says, first of all, are you free? She's, she's kind of like, well, might be. What, what are you thinking? He said, um, well, I was thinking about asking you out for lunch or for dinner. <laughs> now, that doesn't imply that you're going to. No, just thinking about it. It's just a bit off, isn't it, that? <laughs> anyway, he, he must have eventually asked because uh, the next scene is that they are in the having dinner. Yeah, and she's sort of questioning him now, isn't she? Trying to find out if he's got any girlfriend or a wife or anything. And it turns. She out... says to him, "Yeah, all the girls wonder about you. you you're a bit of a mystery." Um, he 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 sort of says, "You know, well, I don't know if he says this because again, I was just a bit bored about him, but um, it's like he, you know." He, he he enjoys what he does. He plays hard, works hard. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. It's it's work. Um, Mars a day. A uh, Mars a day helps to work rest and play. It's, it's that sort of thing, isn't it? Really. Yeah. He's, he's obviously keen on the Mars bars, from what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably why he's... his face is too fat to be Jesus. <laughs> I, I think we've we've discovered the problem here. For him. <laughs> and then he says. No, sorry. This then she says to him, she says, uh, ah, she asked the question, all work and no pleasure. Eh? Now, that's a phrase that doesn't ring true because I, I was like, that doesn't sound right. And I, I'm sure it is, all work and no play. Makes Jack a dull boy. 
That's the that's ah, the phrase, so it's isn't from it? The Shining. But is there at all work and no pleasure? Because not that I'm aware of. No, I reckon yeah, they've made it, that up for this episode. It is. They've written it wrong. Well, I was wondering when I when I did read the title for this show, I thought, being as it doesn't make sense, is it a phrase a phrase or saying? So I did a bit of a search uh, on okay, Death okay. Can Add, and no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now then, the next thing is, <laughs> the next scene is that it's it we get a close up zoom. I mean, it's a it's a tells you an expected style zoom. And by that, I mean, there's nothing subtle about it. It's just zoom, right, in onto a sign that I didn't quite catch. And I should have paused, but he said something like professional services or something. Yeah, right. it's what's like where they rent out, like, um, their address for office for uh, businesses to use, isn't it? That's the sort I of thing see. it is. Uh, so rent rent a space. This is quite popular. It's a WeWork style thing. Yeah, well, it's just there's often no space involved. It's just you rent the address uh, to oh, like a PO box. Yeah, yeah. So ah. that that's what that's what this is. And he and he's he's there, old Robert, isn't he? And uh, has he got the biggest sunglasses on you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> <laughs> They're absolutely yes, and, awful. Yeah, that's not the only time, is it? As well. That happens later, yeah. as well. Um, now, but what's a, but what's he doing? What's he doing at this place? Because he this is he's setting something up. What he's doing is he is picking up a check that he oh, has, that he himself has written from the uh, firm he works for's account and sent to somebody called Latimer Latimer Industries or something. And it's and in fact he's Latimer Industries, so he's sending himself money from the uh, account. Right. So this is this. Right. So from the place he works at, what they think is is they're investing in startup businesses. What's actually happening is he's paying them checks for like five grand and money that shouldn't really affect this big firm. I guess that's what they suggest. Skimming from the top a little bit. Yeah. Sending that money so it's on the books. Yeah. To Latimer Industries, which has got an address registered there where he goes to, and and he is able to cash it because he is Latimer Industries. Yeah. That's what, and so that's how he's doing it. Yeah. Which is sort of, right. like, sort of clever, but sort of probably a bit yeah. of a... Uh, maybe that's just... And, and you, you feel with that's the storyline, that that's the, the, the unexpected bit is probably... Is, is either... Well, it could be that, actually. The, the, the unexpected bit could be that. But yeah. I, what I'll tell you is that we're far from the end of the episode, so so it can't be that. <laughs> <laughs> and I realised when I said earlier there was a break. The break. It wasn't. I'd written down the, the wrong thing. Right. Uh, I've I've seen where the break comes. I'll tell you in a second. Right. But yeah. So so that is his. Uh, that is his sneaky. Now now, whichever way you look at it, this is a, a break in the law now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've written up here. here uh, it says there's the new. Auditor here to see him. Well, there's a bit before that, I think, where uh, he's back in the office and he's put his briefcase on the uh, table and uh, Jan Francis moves it and she sees a letter fall out with a cheque for this Latimer Industries. So she sort of has some idea that something weird is happening because she knows that's the cheque that she sent out because she's done the typing on it. So basically... Yeah, she's gone into the room, said there's an auditor to see you. He walks out, she picks up his briefcase, 
that envelope drops, she realises this, and she might not have put two and two together here. But she knows but something's going on. She knows something's up. Yeah. Anyway, we don't concentrate on that too much, uh, because the next thing we see is Ian Holm, who is, uh, as I say, he's just died. He's not just died in this, he's just died in real life. He's, that is your auditor, right? Yeah. And he plays a man called... Uh, oh, it says it later. Hang on a minute. I've got, I'm forgetting him. I'll tell you what. He's I can't remember. I'm going to call him Ian Home. Alan, Alan Corwin. There we go. Alan Corwin. Right. So he plays Alan Corwin, who is is basically looking into the um, what is it the well he's he's auditing credibility. The firm. He's auditing the yeah. Firm, oh yeah. It's just just. Yeah, so he's just it's just doing his job, right? Yeah. Just, every now and then, company has to be audited. It's his job, and he's going to go. They usually spend about two weeks, don't they? A week to two weeks, depending on how big the company is. Yeah, well, we used to be audited by the legal aid board, and it used to be quite nerve-wracking, really. They'd sort of mm. sit in the corner of my office and then and be going through all my files and stuff and not saying anything. And then you'd find out a few weeks later if you were in how much trouble you were in. It was nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it is that, because they don't sort of say, what's this... Hang on, come on, over here, explain this. It's kind of like, it's... But you're right, I think if, even if... Well, let's just say that we're honest people, that even if you've done nothing wrong, the because you can't have this um, kind of back and forth with them about what's going on, yeah. if, if it's not if it's not clear, then you could get into trouble. Yeah, yeah. And it's not... And it's a, and then that's a, you're, you're up shit's creek. Yeah, I mean, my worry wasn't it wasn't because I was scamming anything off, but it's just that they've got all these like really sort of obscure rules and things you can do and things you can't do. And it's like anything else. If you work to the book in a profession, then you don't really get stuff done. So every now and again, you've got to go. Well, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll sort I'll sort that later. But we're all right. I need, to, <laughs> yeah. I, I need to get this done now, and I can't fuck about with all that paperwork. So I'm not doing it. So it was that sort of thing. But although yeah. I always did get a positive audit, I've got to say. So, right, now, a couple of things here is, so we've got a new character, he's called Ian Holm, he's an auditor, and he's going to be auditing somebody who we know now to be uh, dodgy. Off the right? top, yeah. And that's it, that's our storyline. Okay, it's taken us half the episode to get into, but that is our storyline. And that's that might be why this that this felt a quite a dry episode actually, is because it, it took you a long time to get to this point. But this is now where it picks up, I think. Right. If 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 there is a pickup, it's from Ian. <laughs> so Ian Ohm is walked around and he's actually impressed. What? Ian Ohm is Oh, Ian Ohm is impressed by the Swiss deals. Yeah. Right. So it looks like the guy the guy has already told him about some of the success that they've had. Yeah. And then he goes into his he goes into his room, his office, and he starts talking to him about the the investments. Yeah. Right? This is Ian Ohm. Yeah. And but then Oliver picks up a newspaper and just starts, you know, <laughs> reading it nonchalantly. And um I wrote here, he's he's bullshitting him. He, I mean the auditor. He's on to him already. Yeah. Now, this is interesting because it's it's acting, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's not real life. So I was like, is that accident? Or as is Ian Holm so good an actor that he's allowing us to think, is he on to him at the moment? And I think it's the latter. I think Ian Holm 
is is an exceptional actor. Well, I think we ought to come down on that side, but particularly bearing in fact that uh, yeah, he has unfortunately died recently. Yeah. I mean, uh, but I mean, he was he was very good as the um, android in in Alien, wasn't he? That's right, and, uh, Ash. Yeah, and he was good as uh, Frodo. He's Frodo, isn't he? he he's Bilbo. Is he? All right. Frodo, oh yeah. Frodo yeah. was Elijah Wood. That's right. <laughs> but he was good as him as well. So yeah, we'll we'll say that. He's able to convince us or leave us in doubt as to where what, yes. where his mind is just yeah. by looking Bec- at him. It, it's not clear cut, but it, for me it was like, I think he's... Anyway, maybe it, was, it could have been an accident, but anyway, I'm going to go with the fact that no, he's playing his part. Right, then he goes back to the office. Sorry, this is the next scene. Yeah. We've, we see... We, um, with, we we see, we don't see who's there at the moment, but we see the professional services office thing. Yeah. And Zoom in on the sign again. Just to make sure that we know where it is. Yeah. Now. And Frodo's Oliver's, there. Oliver's not, yeah, it's Bilbo is there. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but he's not on his, so he's looking around, he's, you know, looking at it to see you know, wet pointing's needed and if there's a loose <laughs> tile and stuff on roof. And he's not alone uh, there because looking at him is Oliver in his car, not looking suspicious at all, by the way, Has, Rob, he, got, uh, has he got his giant sunglasses on? Giant sunglasses and this time murderer gloves as well. Um, <laughs> so it's, you know, he's really kind of like laying low on this one. But what we now know is Ian Ohm, kind of as sort of works out something here hang on a minute right so the company's dodgy it's i think um somewhere along the way he's called it a complex setup yes yeah he does <laughs> put it in it's not know? is it not really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's complex language but you could have just told me that in two words and i'd be fine <laughs> look this is the part where there's a break by the way where right. you do that so anyway right there you go uh, so yeah, so that is so that building is essentially Latimer Holdings, which is obviously not the case. So the next one I've got is uh, got uh, an interior shot where Bilbo's confronting Jesus and saying that these uh, companies are uh, paper dummies. That's right. Yeah, we we in the office, by the way, is a classic janitor who's got the long overall coat on, sweeping stuff. Like like the no... one in. Um... Uh, are you being served? He's, yeah, he used exactly. To come that. Every now and again, didn't he? Uh, yeah, that brown jacket, yeah. hat on, and stuff. It even <laughs> looked a bit like him. But then somebody calls him into office, right? Is it uh, Bilbo? Yeah, and uh, and he, that's when he tells him about the paper dummies. So after that, uh, Jesus rings the company search people for some reason, and then yes. shortly after that, Bilbo's telling him that. Uh, Latimer Holdings are on the move because it seems when he's rung the company search people, he's told them to shut it down or something like that. And uh, uh, so he's seen that happen. Yeah, and Bilbo's and he's gone. It. Mm, so right, I'm with you. In order to track it down, he flies over to Geneva. Uh, but then this is Bilbo. Bill, Bill, G- yes, Bilbo. Uh, he goes yeah. over to Geneva, uh, but comes back like uh, immediately, as far as he. I mean, yeah, the same day. Got. But Jan Francis explains this to him. Who Jan Francis, by the way, is Princess Leia in this scene. Uh, she says, "Yeah, that guy is in Geneva, by the way. Uh, didn't you know? Zoom in on his face." Now, this is the bit where you you you, you start realizing that oh, I'm 
I've he's been looking at these companies. He's obviously doing audit. That's his job, and he's over there now. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm rumbled here. Yeah, Bit I've got to be. But nothing's been announced yet. The next thing is that is because uh, he says the the it look. I tell you what's happened here. These profits have been siphoned, and now so Bilbo's come back from Geneva and he's having a chat with Jesus. He puts all these signatures down. Profit, uh, yeah. profit margin, whatever. These, it's complicated, right? Yeah, there's, there, there's <laughs> an invoice that's different from what from what uh, Jesus has got in England to what Bilbo's found in Italy. So he says, "Ah, oh, what do you think's happened there then?" And he goes, "Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Um, maybe, uh, maybe this, that, and the other." And he goes, "Come on, shoe in it." And he shows him his handwriting. Yeah. And he goes, "That is your handwriting. It's a different name, but it's your handwriting." And then. Oliver Jesus turns around and says, "Oh, you've known all along, haven't you?" That's it. So now, is he going to is he going to hand him into the authorities? Is he going to tell the company? Is he going to put it in his audit? Well, that's what I'm wondering. But Bilbo then starts saying that. Uh, well, he does. He does the something that I was not expecting, because I, I imagine as an auditor, these are the sorts of things that you're paid to find. Yeah. Yeah. This is his job. Yeah. His job is to discover this sort of stuff. So we can only assume that in the past he's never discovered anything. Otherwise, what he's about to ask would have already been asked at some point. And, what, and, and he wouldn't be doing this job. And what is he about to ask? What he's about to say is, um, I've got a uh, wife and I've also got this very, tells of an unexpected way of saying this, a new model. Yeah. Right? And um, that means... A younger girlfriend, I think. Yeah, and so but I'm thinking at this point... He's going to get into murderer. Yeah, that's, that's what I've written down. And I've thought, is it Jan Francis? Because Jan right. Francis has already seen the, this Czech business. She could have alerted Bilbo to it. She might be the very new model. And I'm thinking, oh, the twist's going to be he's going to get him to kill Jan. I'll pin that because I've got another Jan conspiracy in a minute. Right, right. But what he's actually saying is, he it sounds like he wants to get money to get him out of the divorce. Yeah. And enough to set up a life in a new place because presumably he'd be wanted by the authorities when this goes down. So, so he wants... Uh, when want, they do another audit. But only wants like quarter of a million for it. Quarter well, of a million should do it. Um, Jesus has only been scamming five grand a time and he's not been there that long. It's going to take no. him forever at that rate. So they, they decide that they're going to have to do some great big scam. Presumably. Yes. Yeah, so it's going to have to be a one-off sort of thing. Now, what happens here is because um, you've got him and Jan, who were, Jan knows a little bit, as we said earlier, she found the envelope. He decides to confide in her and uh, tell her the whole story, it seems. Now, this is the part where I... Did one of them little stars, right? Yeah. This is what I thought. So I'd not thought what you were saying about the guy, you know, Jan Francis and the man. in, in And uh, Bilbo. Uh, yes. What I did think was that they, that when she, it's funny how when she joined, it was at a, the precise moment that he started doing this thing so if she'd worked it out sooner and got her dad in to be the auditor yeah and then work in cahoots 
Oh, so you thought Bilbo was so her she, dad? I thought Bilbo was her dad, that she was almost un, sort of like motivating some of Oliver's movements yeah. to allow things to happen. Oh. Anyway, so that's when I put a little pin there, and I was really convinced that, that would be a great ending. But really what, I mean, when they're talking, she does in fact tell him that she loves him, doesn't she? Which uh, I think is... Yes, sir, but again, I didn't think that was outside of Tales of Unexpected. No, thing. no, but I think it's important to sort of note that she does have those depths of feeling about him because of what might transpire later. Yeah, and what I'll say is, so my theory, by the way, is incorrect. As, okay. as, as was mine with the... Uh, yeah. yeah, so what we... What will what I'll say now is that yeah, it seems like she's genuine about being in love with him. So whatever happens next, they've decided to do as a team. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's no there's no double crossing here. They're a team, they, and she's going to go along with it. Now then, what the plan is, and it's told weirdly. There needs to be money. And an aeroplane. Yeah, yeah. What for, what Bilbo says is, uh, I'm going to go to a small airfield, uh, which with with an even smaller plane. And I was thinking it's a bit of a, <laughs> it's a bit of a given, isn't it? Really, yeah. <laughs> a plane the size of an airfield, yeah. please. <laughs> I wasn't sure that it was necessary that one, <laughs> but it, I, did, I did get some interesting mental pictures from it. Totally. I've just seen the ground. In my head, the ground is raising up <laughs> and moving up. So what he's going to do is he wants the money. He'll pick up the money from his office, yeah. from the guy's office, at which point he'll then take a trip to this particular airfield. Get on the small plane. And then go across the English Channel to France, and then that's it. You'll never hear from me again. You'll it, never know who I am because I'll change my ID, basically. He should be there by 6 o'clock. He should be over France by 6 o'clock, shouldn't he? That, that's he's, really he's, what he's saying. Yeah, his plane sets off at five. Yeah. Oh no! It no. Five, he'll pick up the money at five. Pick up money at five, and then by six, yes. he's going to be over France. In, yeah. Okay, that's it. Now, then we are shown the sequence of events via a flashback. But what? No, sorry. What happens next is that we see a suitcase on a bed. This is obviously what they're going to fill with money. But no, because it zooms in and it's. A bomb, <laughs> and it has bomb music. <laughs> it reminded me a bit in the Batman film where he's got, he's got a bomb and he's carrying it above his head because he's trying to get rid of it, and it's got bomb written on it, and it's all fizzing and sparking over the top. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, right, let's forget for a moment the quality of the bomb. It's like a cartoon. It's not like a ball, one of those TNT balls. It's a cannonball style one. Sticks of dynamite, it's, isn't it, there? In, yeah, in the it's, suitcase. <laughs> but then what's controlling it is is a, a clock. <laughs> An actual. It's a bit like, of a wristwatch. Wrist isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think works. I don't. I can't imagine how. I, I see that it would be a timer, but not how it would make an electrical connection. Well, I was wondering that because yeah, or it, I can see that the the hand will get to the because he bores. He's got a hole bored. Yeah, that's yeah. And then he's got like a, a a nut or something down there, and that's attached to something. So that will connect that. But I couldn't. I couldn't see where the other connection was going to take place. But I don't know. I'm not a bomb maker, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's 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 amazingly 
flagging the fact of what it is and surely can't work. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. So this is now a section of the, the oddly, as a, I must have been writing and then looked up because the next thing I see, I was in the middle of a vignette, um, which I can only assume was a was some sort of uh, flashback. And it tells a story about how he's got the money. So just, yeah. to, just elaborate that for me, because I... Well, what when he's when he's meeting with Frodo and passing him the the bomb, is it is that yeah yeah no no this the bit before there's a kind of weird vignette in in the form of flashbacks. He's arranging he's arranging money. He's arranging airplanes and yeah. Well, I, 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 well, I'll tell you what. Let's just call it a series of flashbacks that describe how things are going to co- come about. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So right. The, so the the next real thing is in meeting Bilbo, isn't it? Yes. And he's sat at his desk. So the, yeah, the plan is that he's going to, um, well, look, before this moment as well, we also get the insinuation that he's got a trick up his sleeve. We yeah. don't know what it is, but he's got something in mind because he says to Jan, I want you to walk in to the office at quarter past five. That is really, really important. Yeah. Which, so the next bit is they're, they're in the office. He's counting out the money into a uh, briefcase. Uh, which yeah. he's then going to give to uh, to Bilbo, but but is is layering uh, some of the money into the bomb suitcase, right? And so this means that he's got two suitcases, one with the facade of money and the and bomb, bomb underneath, and one with actual money. So is arranged. He shows he shows Bilbo the one with all the money in it, as far as we can tell. He's fine. He counts it out and he it's says every there. last every last penny worth is there. At which point, John Francis comes in and hurriedly he puts the briefcase underneath his uh, knee-all because because it's, he doesn't want to be because seen. it's quarter past five. Yeah, uh, and then cunningly he uh, gets out the bomb briefcase, which is identical, and gives it over to Bilbo. Yeah. So the switcheroo has happened here, and it's a classic. This is the diversionary tactic. Is like, here's your suitcase. Oh, somebody's coming in the room. Put the, that suitcase down. Yeah. Right. They've gone. Pick up the other suitcase. Now all the counting's been done. It looks the same suitcase. It's genius, actually. It's br- It's a brilliant plan. The suitcase transfer has happened. The switcheroo is successful. And uh, so the next is he's driving away in his car with John Francis, is uh, Bilbo, not Bilbo, Jesus. No, is Jesus. Now, Jesus Oliver, who is, uh, we never know what his plans are going to be, but short to say, he's, he's going to believe in the, the company now, right? Yeah. And we see him on a road, presumptual Motorway M25. Something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Be, or maybe it was before the M25. I can't remember what the year that was. There was a few bits of it open, but um, they're on the way to Gatwick, and we know that because it says Gatwick. <laughs> so that's the big clue there. And I was like, right, okay. Well, they're going to uh, another airfield. This is probably slightly bigger than the one that Holmes referring to. So that's it. And then and then he says, well, it'll be the it'll be across the channel now. Yeah. They say. Yeah. Uh, so sort of with the money is, is the implication, but Jan says. She couldn't bear it to happen. And so she's nicked the briefcase. She says he, he wasn't... There was a moment where he wasn't looking and she took the... I just don't know how he This would mean the there'd building. have to be a third briefcase, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I don't know how they... Um, 
And also, he must. He can't have told Jan the full plan. He could have only have just told her to come into the room. He can't. He can't have told her there was a switcheroo. Yeah, I'm not sure how she's aware of that. But as you say, Frodo is not Bilbo. is not going to walk out without a briefcase because that's what he's so come for. She, so she, yeah, so where has she made this switch? She must have had a third briefcase. Got to yeah, be. Yeah, and yeah, and if so. Which we know hasn't happened, okay? Because that hasn't happened. So, <laughs> the only way that this is he is it could get any stage further is if she's taking it out of his car, right? Yeah. And even then, he drives to the airfield, gets to the, takes his. Oh, mind you, we don't see what happens to him next. No. So, so maybe, maybe he has got to the airfield, and he realizes that. That suitcase has gone out. That briefcase has gone out of my car. Yeah, if she if she's nicked it out of his car, that's the... that's the only way that this is. It seems a long shot, but it is possible. It's just I think we'd probably need to have seen that happen. Yeah, or at least or at least her say, yeah, when he before he drove off, I saw it in his in his back seat. I quickly nabbed it. He has no idea. He won't. He'll he'll be just about finding out now. But... She should have said that because this is what happens next. You say it. What, <laughs> what she says to him is that she's got the briefcase. It's in the back seat. We pan over to the back seat where we don't see the briefcase, do we? We see like a... We a, see a fur coat <laughs> or something. Which I'm not so sure why. So that's not the briefcase. And, and at this it's... point, the realisation is that it's the bomb is in his car and it's going to blow him up. So, instead of stopping... <laughs> And getting and getting out and and running away, he keeps driving as fast as he can. <laughs> um, Luke, and he, remember, Luke. he's on a motorway, so he goes across the central reservation, still speeding. <laughs> I don't understand this bit. He must Why be trying to outrun the, the second hand. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe if he gets eighty-eight miles an hour, then he goes back in. Now. This doesn't work. Well, sorry, it obviously works because it's physically it's possible. It's the mentally bit that's not possible. It's that if you knew there was a bomb in the back of your car that was about to go off, you go to the hard shoulder, you say, Jan, get out of the car now. And then you do. Yeah. And then you, if you've got, if you think there's a bit of time, I'll go ahead and get that briefcase out of the boot. Yeah. But he's in trouble either way because he's going to get yeah. he's going to get picked up for this. So we might as well let the um, inevitable happen. The inevitable is not content with driving across the central reservation into the path of oncoming traffic uh, and a screaming passenger in Jan Francis. He then goes over. He hits a sign and goes over the edge of an embankment. In midair, the car explodes. And that's the uh, and that's that's it. That's... And, and yeah, and again, and like last episode, the the quick kind of like once the final act has happened, there's no hanging around. Cut, bang, we're off, yeah, gone. Yeah, See ya. yeah. Uh, I really enjoy that last. Uh, n- n- nothing lingers. Yeah, Boom, car gone, gone. Well, out. I wondered if if uh, a good cut moment for that would have been the moment when she says it's in the back seat, and then. End it there, and precisely that. That, uh, that would have. I mean, I, I don't mind the fact that. My, see, my imagination could have done the bomb thing. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but what I would have liked to have been telling myself is, did they stop? Did they get out? Did they do this, that, and the other? What's happening now? Are the police involved? Yeah, and quite rather often, than you say you, that you like to think about 
what's yeah. the aftermath of this, don't you? What's so, the next five minutes? So yeah, in I this one, that, I think that could have been a good idea. So what we know is Ian Holm is about to get away with the blackmail, but not the money. He won't get the money, but he is going to get away blackmail because it's only him who knows about it now. Everybody else who knows about it is dead. Yeah. The money, the money doesn't exist, and it just looks like Jesus has ran off with it. Yeah. And Jan Francis, who's accomplice to this, also she started at the same time as the. Yeah. It, 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 honestly, it's it's uh, we now there is no there are no questions here. The only thing that will happen is the obituary will be, dickhead dies in own bomb fiasco. <laughs> That's. That's what will and Nick's two hundred forgets that he has all this money in the boot of his car. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah. Bilbo's home and dry, isn't he? But but skinny, skin. He can yeah. he can just come back actually, can't he? Because yeah, oh, I didn't know anything. At this point, I worked out what the twist was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, seriously, that is the, that is the yeah. twist, obviously. Um, but yeah, uh, the only question I've got is kind of like, oh, Bilbo's. Got to go back to his wife, who he's probably just promised some divorce, yeah, alimony or whatever, and so yeah. Um, and that is your episode, Rob. Yeah. Well, what uh, at this point you usually ask me what I thought about it, and uh, I do, and I, I, I do that. What did you think about it? Well, I, I think this uh, phrase sums it up, and this is what El, my wife, said to me at, at the end. She said, "It was so shit. It was compelling." <laughs> Look, I, I tell you what, I, I don't, I don't, I really didn't mind the the switcheroo and all that sort of stuff. I thought that was that was quite a good way to get out of it. But what it was getting out of, assuming that I knew how legal and financial and investments worked, yeah. and I just not only do I not know, I don't fucking care. I mean, it was obviously so boring that me and you, who have been watching this with with and making notes with the intention of trying to sort of tell people what happened turned off. Even we didn't, even we didn't follow it. That's yeah, our sole I, I, job in this. Exactly. I, I was, look, again, I think there's a story there. Yeah. It's, it, it's, just, it's, it just needed some other way of getting to that point. Yeah, because it just took too long and it was too dry. But yeah, because um, yeah, this, this, the switch of the bombs... The uh, the twist with uh, Jan Francis and her third briefcase, yeah. uh, that was all really quite good, but it was just oh, surrounded by like bullshit, really. Yeah, but the, and and is is the odd thing? I've just I've just suddenly realised it's not a bad episode. It's not a. It's certainly not the worst episode. No. It's not. It's not. It's not that it's rubbish. It's just. Uh, something needed to happen. Something else needed to happen to get to the point that we get to. Which, as I say, I I can live with the uh, the end scene. Yeah. I can, and I and I really like the switcheroo. But something's missing from that, and uh, and and thank goodness that we've got this far down the tails and only had a handful like this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, as, as you say, central central idea, very good, but. All that. I mean, I suppose if we were more business oriented, we might like really yeah. enjoyed all that, you know. Like but, I say, this you know. is one for the yuppie, yeah. I guess, I think, yeah, maybe. yeah. And and therefore we're not demographic. Um, but they should have really thought about that forty years ago, shouldn't they? That's <laughs> when they were going. What what will they make of this on that podcast? I don't mind. We've got forty years. We'll be fine, right, Rob? Uh, what do we do next episode? Oh, well, um, next episode. 
we've got uh, Frank Sinatra Jr. in it. Yes. Now this is. I've still got a question. This is this is this Frank Sinatra's son? <laughs> what or makes is you this somebody think that? Just... Well, <laughs> no. The thing is, I, I just found it to be an odd way of an odd name that you'd <laughs> like. Is it is really his name? And if he if he is really his name, is was it originally really his name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he was. Uh, he is, in fact, Frank Sinatra's son, and uh, his birth name was Francis Wayne Sinatra. So, so it is then. Yeah. Francis W. Yeah. Oh, but okay. but he's, here he comes as Frank Sinatra Jr. Because Frank Frank Francis original Francis was Francis Albert Sinatra. He was. Wasn't that's it? right. Yeah. Mm. So it, it's technically not Frank Sinatra Jr. because he'd have there to have all the names. But, yes. But there you go. That's what he's claiming. There you go. It's also got Janet okay. Lee in it. And oh, Psycho. Psycho. And uh, as we said last week, Tom Bosley in it. He's he's in it as well. Who is? Uh, detective in Murder She Wrote, yeah. Police, police chief of police in Murder She, incompetent chief of police in Murder She Wrote. Uh, and is he skinning his teeth? Is he the dad in Happy Days? I think he is. He's, he? Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they're they're all in it, and it's called uh, Light uh, Light Fingers. I think it's. Uh, there is a title that works, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes that, sense. It makes it? sense. There are only two yeah. words. Okay, here, what's but at least they follow. Well, <laughs> what's it about? R- Ralph is concerned when thefts begin to occur at his uh, glove factory. That's uh, Tom Bosley. And, and is that Ralph uh, from the? Uh, that's Ralph from Happy Days. Ralph Malf, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, eventually, he hires a uh, private detective to uh, catch the culprit. Now, I think the cul- the culprit, the uh, private detective, is Frank Sinatra Jr. That's what I okay. believe from when I last saw this. So you've just said something there that was like Ralph Mouth, and I always thought it was Ralph Mouth, but it's Mouth. You, it's you say definitely Mouth, yeah, Ralph Mouth. I'm sure it is. I mean, that makes sense. I just sort, never questioned sort it. Sort of ginger fellow, wasn't he? That's right. He was the kind of he was, he was the comedian in the group. Yeah, almost. yeah. And they had like Popsy who was a bit da- a bit daft and slow. A bit daft, yeah. A bit like Joey. Uh, Richie was the Richie was the the hero of the yeah the, 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 the so he was. It was everybody's favourite, and then there was the fourth, wasn't there? Oh, I don't. Well, I think certainly. Ralph, oh, it would. It would have been Fonz, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think um, Rich, the uh, Ralph Mouth and Potsy, Potsy left, didn't they? And I don't know what they did after that. Hmm. Well, anyway, anyway, right, okay. Um, that's certainly happy days, right? Uh, so that's next time. This was this time. Uh, any words before we sign off? Uh, well, I think I'll, I'll just end with uh, Elle's words. So shit, it was quite compelling. Book closed for another week, um, and we'll, I'll see you next time, Rob. See you then. Bye-bye. The tales of the unexpected tales of the unexpected.